listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Welcome to episode 33 of Sentimental. What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. Your mother's in here with his cars. Would you like to leave a message? I see that she gets it. It was as if there were four razors cutting at the same time. Kill her, Mommy! Kill her! We'll tear your soul apart! I've seen the exorcist about 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it! Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Movie Podcast that we can only hope you enjoy listening to as much as we enjoy making. My name is Stephen Hovicki, and as always, I'm here with my co-hosts, Hassan Godwin and Lathan Conger III. Our guest today has worked in and around the comics industry for, well, let's just say a long time. He's a creative director, letterer, book designer, pretty much every possible job in the art of publishing. He's worked for DC, Blizzard Entertainment, Netflix, MTV, AMC Networks, and Image Comics. Besides all the work he does for us here at Printed in Blood... His most recent work is visible in the recent relaunch of the series Nailbiter and will be next available in the new Image comic series, Crossover. John J. Hill, welcome to Cinemental. Hey, man. How you doing? Good to see you guys. <laughs> like, like we don't see each other and talk to each other all the goddamn <laughs> right, time. Right. So it's like, oh, oh nice to it's see you so again. Long. It's been so long. You know, I talked to him like three times today. <laughs> Just so we don't keep John up until, uh, you know, the roosters grow, we will, uh, we will go ahead and jump right into news that gives us fits. So, in my research of, of one of the films that we're going to be discussing today, uh, I, d- I discovered that there was actually... Uh, you know what? I'll bring this up later. Uh, so <laughs> one of the stories I, I just, one of the, misfire. Put it back later. Misfire. Get this son of a bitch. Uh, <laughs> yeah, son got it. Unforgiven. The son got it. Uh, so. Uh, it was building a house used to be my favorite catchphrase I was whenever a something whenever something bad happened like i don't Deser- deserve this des- i was building a house deserves got nothing to do with it are you <laughs> referencing unforgiven yes yes uh, movie's overrated <laughs> <laughs> out of your mind i don't i don't like it yeah. no i like i like it i just don't like it as much as you guys oh, great great <laughs> western um not his best his, in my opinion, is bad. And this, I well, this, I know that the mileage varies all over the place. But my my favorite is a. Uh, I was going to say you'll be very happy when you hear our new show intro, which will premiere after October, when after the uh, horror movie intro is over. Oh yeah, that. See, now I got to wait a whole month. Yeah, to, to be, no, I'll I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. <laughs> uh, Hassan, do you have anything to uh, to discuss? Uh, oh, they push. Yeah. <laughs> they. Wow. All right. No. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's the hat. <laughs> they pushed Doom back I, for they, a year. They fucking pushed everything back this uh, year. Yeah, last, I understand. In the week, in the last, in the last week, they pushed Ex- everything back. 
Except the Matrix. That's true. They for some reason, up. they they yeah. bumped it up. That's strange. Wachowskis, Wachowskis don't but care. No sense. Yeah, no, they don't care if anybody catches anything or anything like that. But but um, not that they pushed it back to next year, but it's actually a year away. After all the hype, they built the hype for weeks and weeks and got everybody excited about it. And got then, the trailer you know, out. Got yeah. It's like yeah, have fun. Yeah, that wait, have fun. Waiting another article. twelve months for that. You know, uh-huh. it's like, come on, you guys. That same thing. James Bond got pushed back another to uh, back into the spring again. They zato yeah, because here. we're look. We're living I mean, on wishful thinking. That's what everyone's no politics. Just hoping everything's going to fix itself immediately, and entertainment's yeah. going to be fixed, and it's not going to happen. Not. Yeah, and, not, and I think true. they're betting on that now. I think they've seen. Excuse me for the politics. I think they've seen how badly we've done oh, containing yeah. this this thing, and they're like, okay, look, we're just gonna. We're just going to throw everything, you know, they have to do that for, um, for tax pay purposes, tax haven purposes and revenue. They have to just put it all the way to the fourth quarter, you know, just to say, okay, just to promise their shareholders we'll be recovering. I, I don't know. It's, it's pretty terrible, but it's our fault. You know, every, every Karen that walked into a store without a mask on, it's her fault that I can't watch Dune at the end of this year. <laughs> I, I mean, I blame, I blame all the Karens. <laughs> I'm on a mission to destroy the Karen. What's the male equivalent of a Karen? I think Is it's, a, it's a Ken or yeah, something. I, 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 Ken? Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> There's certain, look, asshole works as well. You know, it's just, <laughs> yes. it's, yeah. just the same. I, yeah, yeah, that's true. There are plenty of videos uh, it's a of this. Terry. It's a Terry. It's a Terry? It's yeah. apparently it's a Terry. Wow, really? Oh, or, oh, wow. This says Ken. This says Terry. <laughs> wow. Let's just call him Terry. You know, the, the genuine people named Karen are mad I know. about that. Name. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah, when that whole thing came out, there were a lot of that. A lot of people came out about that. They were upset. They, they feel it's a discrimination. It's the equivalent of the N word for, for, you know, people. Named yeah. Karen. But how many, how many people are actually named the N word? <laughs> you know, how many people, how many people well, is that your name? When I was growing up, you would well, be confused. <laughs> <and you're> thinking, <laughs> <laughs> I just that's that's well, think about all that's them the, ripping the, up my membership card right now. That's yeah. sounds- <laughs> think about all the poor boomers out there. You yeah, mean all of them. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> just in general, just because they're boomers. I mean, just see, I just all I think of is Battlestar Galactica when I hear that. Yeah. <laughs> What, I'm I'm Herb Jefferson now. I don't get yeah. it. <laughs> or uh, Linda Park, either Herb Jefferson. Or oh, Linda that's Park. right. That's right. <laughs> but only for a short time. Then they killed her off. Man, did you see? Speaking of Battlestar Galactica, did you see the uh, what happened with uh, the guy who played Colonel Ty on the new battle? Oh, it's, it's horrible. The new Galactica. Oh, no. no, what yeah. happened? He was out with his wife, and he and he yeah. fell. He's in he bad fell shape. And he hit his head, and. He was like, you know, his wife said he hit the ground pretty hard, but, you know, he, he was up and he was, you know, that was, he was fine. He was just like, oh, I got a headache, you know, whatever. They go to bed. Next morning, she can't wake him up. Brain had been bleeding all night. He goes into surgery the next day. He's got, like, no function down one whole side of his body now. He's, he's a mess, and it's, it's fucking awful. Wait, he's on the new show? He was, yeah. He was the he was Colonel Ty on the yeah. new Battlestar Galactica. Okay, but that show's all done. You're just saying like this happened after that. Oh yeah, yeah, you know that's been done for years. I think 
I think they were at a convention in, in was it Vancouver or, or someplace in Canada, I think. And it happened when they were out, like, you know, oh. during the show at night. Oh, well, and, I know there's a GoFundMe. You know, there he's, I guess he's in, he, yeah, he's in, he's in Canada. Yeah, no, you know, I knew that. Yeah. Or whatever. You know, he's, his family can't go to see him. That's part, That's part, part of, of the you know, problem is got like, a brain injury. Part yeah. of rehab is connecting with people, you know, and that night, like nobody can go in there without a mask. You know, no one can be, you know, can like, can, there's, he's, he's losing all this time of connection because no one can like go in and like deal with them. It's it's just fucking horrible, horrible you situation. Can't mess with a head injury. You, I mean, you can't let it sit overnight. That's that's where he got seriously injured. He may have been already, but you you can't you can't wait hours. Right, but it's like you know. Listen, you don't know. No, I, mean, I know you don't know. I'm, it's and terrible. I'm like, how many guys do you know are going to be like, oh, I fell and hit my head. I, I it's, you know, my head hurts, but I feel okay. I better go to the hospital. My brain might be bleeding. That's well, never going to happen. Well, said, now, said, no, said no you, guy ever. <laughs> Well, you can't claim that now. <laughs> we have that as an example. <laughs> it doesn't matter. No one's yeah. going to no change their behavior. There's, because there's of that. no just... chance of recovery for the guy. There's nothing. Like, well, there's... I mean, who knows? I mean, it's it's you know as well as I do. The brain, you know, one never knows anything, or they claim to yeah. never know anything. They, you know, for everything that they know about the brain, there's twice as much that they don't know. You know, especially with any like traumatic brain injury stuff, it's like. Yeah, oh, I was going to say that's only based on what people's brains think. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they, they don't get enough brains to. Uh... It's like a vicious circle. You know what I'm saying? Like you. It's, it, you know, it's almost like this show has turned into a stand up, uh, a stand up event for, uh, you know, a trial for Latham to do. Are, are you moving? Yeah. Into, are you moving into online stand up comedy? Is oh, that what definitely, we're... definitely not. Definitely. Is that is that what we're doing, Lay? Because not. I was going to wait at least another four months into this show before I break off and do my own thing. So, you know, that's. Uh, so I got you till Christmas at least. Uh, yeah, I'll say Valentine's Day. I was going to bid farewell on my least favorite holiday of the year. So, oh, okay. I, I, again, I, I've been given the black hat by Hassan. Hassan has given me. I'm pointing yes. at the black hat yes. from now on. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Black, I've been black hatted by Hassan. Valentine's Day is my mother's birthday. Thanks okay, a lot, well, Latham. That's a great day for you. That is a great day for you. Something to well, you. This meant that I never forgot her birthday. That's what that meant. Yeah, well, right? It was it's pretty easy. That always helps. Uh, all right. Well, then, if uh, Latham, what do you got for me? Uh, just two things. I watched um, two different documentaries, completely okay. different. The first one was Class Action Park. Has anybody seen it? Yep, watched it. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I call it, it a documentary with an attitude, but it's um. Deirdre, Deirdre, Deirdre real... had been there. What'd you say? Deirdre went there as a kid. I, I figured I, I was going to ask you if how many had she been there a lot or just a, no, one... no, it's few few times. I mean, but the foot the footage is just. I mean, you're just yeah, laughing out awesome. loud when you, when you see the water slide loop and you understand <laughs> physics. Oh, I did see that. I, I did watch that. You yeah, that please. I did watch it. Um, I forgot when you said class action park. I was thinking of lawyers. I, you know, I'm so yeah, yeah, of course. I went there. Was very not even an interesting story. So I apologize. I went to action park one time with uh, my friend Zach. Oh wow! Years and years, years ago, and boots on the ground, wandering around looking at that place. There was now one ride. I was like, I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm not getting on that. <laughs> 
How old not, were you? I was Teens? 14, 14. And you, were, you were aware that you shouldn't get out. I'm like, I'm not getting on any of these things. His, his mother was so mad because she had paid for both of us to go into the place. And he had no one to ride the rides with because I refused <laughs> to get on everything. <laughs> so it is a story. yourself and like it. <laughs> it's a story of cowardice. But, but that documentary, <laughs> that documentary now vindicates me. So it was, oh. it was good. For, it took years. It took 20 25 years to be vindicated but I, it I is th- a vindication <laughs> i think my favorite my favorite thing in that in that was the was the let's ride down on the giant wheeled board through the concrete <laughs> shoots in believe in in between the rows of exposed rocks yeah that was yeah, my right. that was, it's like <laughs> with something that can go off the rails very easily because the rails are too skinny. Yeah, I'm like how how did people how did not more people die at that place? I'm like are you kidding me? I'm and sure I think they, only... did, and they just swept it under the rug or buried them out back in the field or They dropped something. them into that fucking that that cliff where you jump off the 20 foot cliff. Yeah, oh that's the It's best. a low yeah. it's a low number though. Three I think yeah. only 3 people died there. But ultimately. Lots, only lots of injuries. So. Okay, that's true. It is not an only. There's no such thing as only. But I worked at a movie theater in Nassau County, Green Green Acres Mall in Queens. Green Queens Acres is the place to be. And they called it. They 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 pretty unironically called the place the Murderplex. Okay. What? Um, it was the only movie theater in the United States or that had a metal detector. <laughs> Until one of my jobs was working the metal detectors. Oh my you know. God. Three people died there. So as many people died ah. at Action Park, died at the Murderplex. Okay? The One person murder was plex. shot. One person was shot during The Godfather 3. So it was years ago. And was then it, was another... Was it the editor? Yes, it was the editor. I, I do believe he, was, he, he mistakenly came to the premiere and they shot him... Halfway through the 20, film? Yeah, 20 minutes into the film. <laughs> Um, and then someone else had a heart attack, I think. And then there's someone else inexplicably died there. I could never get an answer. Yes. Exactly In, inexplicably. Yes. Mysterious so circumstances. Park, as bad as Action Park was, it's, it's, it's numbers only are, are, are only comparable to a movie theater where three people yeah. died. <laughs> We're going, it's like COVID. Oh, not that many people have died by it. <laughs> Millions have permanent brain favorite. injury, but, you know, not many people died. So... My my favorite part about that movie was they were, you know, people were going through, I think when they were testing one of the things, yep. I think it was the loop. And they were wondering, why is everybody coming out the, the end? All, you know, their backs <laughs> are all scraped up. And they opened it up and people's yeah. teeth oh, were embedded <laughs> in the loop. <laughs> they weren't like making it all the way up the loop or they'd make it to the top and then fall and hit the top of the loop and then come. I, it's just. Well, the part I couldn't figure out with the loop, right, was I couldn't figure out how the water was going down. Yeah, where, how does it, where does, yeah, where does the how, water end in the loop? Right. Why wasn't all just building up at the bottom like a big, you know, where, how were the people not just going and hitting the water and just stopping and drowning at the bottom of that thing? Because there was no way for them to come back out. I mean, what? What is on the top of that loop and the outer sides? I mean, are you greasing it up? I mean, are you right? Are you just is there a hose in there like a one of those crazy hoses that just 
sprays all over the place and well there would have there would have had to have been to keep I mean, it like yeah i, I yeah it, it, or is there like a clown that lives in there and he just when you make don't make it all the way up he flips you over so you do and then you land on the other side we all float down here yeah yeah, yeah it's like it, it's, what's it's, his called, name it's called the pennywise push yeah i mean that's, yeah. it's astounding let me give you a push but it's it was an entertaining documentary and it was uh well, that's what happens when you design an amusement park on the back of a fucking napkin. Yeah. I mean, yeah. come on. That's, isn't, isn't that the other side to the counterculture or the, or the political correctness? It's like, yeah, it's, it's political correctness. Is, it goes too far and it's, you know, nobody can laugh at anything anymore, but sometimes you get some regulation. You start to realize there were some things in the times that we grew up that, that weren't all that great. You know, like a park where nobody was <laughs> legally liable for you, you know, Not- breaking your your spine in in the in the wave machine. You know, I mean, you don't even ask these questions anymore. At least people know to ask questions now when they go to these places. Like, okay, is this certified? Are there certificates of cert? Uh, you know, of of uh, authenticity on or or uh, you know, state sanctioned health code or whatever? Am I you know am I am I eating in the right place? Am I playing in the right place? Is am I, you know, or who who pays for this? I get killed. So I mean, we we have that consciousness to ourselves now because you watch some of these documentaries and you watch what people got away with. <laughs> it, it's it's astonishing. It, it really is. Our kitchen gotta be. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's distance. That's what allows this to be ingested right now. Because yeah, if this happened three years ago, it's a different story. And that the sidebar, you know, the side story in it of the of the mother of the kid who died. Right. They don't right. bring that in until the last third, and that's purposeful yeah. to make yeah. sure you enjoy the first, you know, the first two thirds. And can laugh along with it. If you put that at the front of the documentary, you're not laughing at people jumping no. off a cliff when there's people in the lagoon below. So, no. very true. Uh, it's all editing and timing, but it's uh, and it, it's good. It's um, I enjoyed it, and it wasn't it wasn't what I thought. I thought it was going to not be well crafted, but it was. So interesting. But that was the one documentary. The other one I watched is this, uh, the killer next door about the guy in Colorado who killed his family. Do you know that you guys know the story about him? Uh, you're going to be more specific. Uh, yeah. his name is, he killed his family. You know, he, 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 he was convicted of killing his wife and his two kids, but the documentary is unique because the whole documentary is footage, body cam of the cops. The day they came to the house, video cameras, security cameras, all social media, there's no reenactments or anything. It's all footage plotted in a certain way of showing what happened. But the unique thing about the documentary that makes it so uh, work so well, and as we're in the middle of horror month here for Halloween, is the entire time you know he has killed his family. So the first time you see him on camera on this video, he's already done the deed, and you know he's done it, but you're watching him lie and you're watching him try and get away with it. And that makes it again, knowing that going in and you are supposed to know that going in, it makes it just really a a silent, terrifying watch because here's this normal guy who's lying through his teeth the whole time. And is it Chris Watts? uh, That's it. Okay. Sorry. American murder. The family next door. Yeah, that's it. Okay. That's it. Yeah. 
that's him. Yeah, Chris Watts. Uh, but it's it's a quick watch. It's less than an hour and a half, and it's just you're shaking your head the whole time. Like my goodness, how did he? Not obviously anyone's going to say how could you do this, but to watch the video of him going Try and get out of it, this, it's it's really visceral, uh, like silently visceral, like just watching the psychology of it is is nuts. Right. And, uh, I enjoyed it. it. It gave me fits because I couldn't believe that they put this together and had all this footage of this guy the day after he did it. Cause they figured it out in three to three or four days. They had him confessing. So oh, nice. And they have that on tape too. When he finds a change. Would. Yeah. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a unique thing. Oh, I was going to say there's a great, if you guys get the chance, I know that neither uh, Latham or Hassan, you guys are not horror guys, but there's a really great, uh, well, you guys don't have Shutter, do you? I'm about to get it from all. No, I do not. I've been writing down. Oh well, if you do, there's a really great, uh, and I don't know if it's posted as a podcast on Apple Podcasts also, or if it's it's a Shutter exclusive. But I don't know if now it's been if it's been posted to where you can just listen to it at podcast sites. But anyway, there is a uh, eight or ten part series on Shutter called Video Palace. Latham, uh, if you get a chance to listen to it, you, you will you will love it. I, I okay. can guarantee you. And there's some. Have you have you listened to it, John? I have not. I have not. Okay. Uh, there are some. I've I've listened through it twice now, and there are some downright creepy ass, chilling moments in it for a podcast. I mean, for you know, just it's like a classic, you know, podcasts are essentially radio plays, you know, for the people to do serialized fictional podcasts. It's it is phenomenal. I, I, I can't I can't talk about it enough when it comes to that particular medium. Uh I've tried to find other that that led me down a, a rabbit hole of huh. of I horror believe. based podcasting. And oh, yeah. And I just, I, I have, I've yet to find anything overall that matches it on, on a, on a complete level. I do know that there is a video palace book that just came out that you might be interested in. It's, it's edited by one of the guys, one of the producers, but not one of the creators. But I think that one of the creators does have some content in it. And I can't remember if it's stories that are in that world or based in that universe, or if it's more things that, that kind of like tie back into the story, it's not done fully by the creator. So it's not oh, actually, okay. you know, just an expect, it's not a direct expansion of that world. It's more about the world. I think. Yeah. I mean, at some point I'm sure I'll grab a copy, but uh, when I, I saw, I did find out about it because I follow both the guys who created the show uh, Mike Manello and Ben Rock, and uh, they they were talking about that book coming out, and so I I had looked it up previously, and uh, and saw what it was, and I'm like, oh, it looks interesting. That's a great name, Ben Rock. My name is Ben I know, right? Rock. That's pretty. <laughs> What's it, Ben Rock? What's the what? podcast called again? Vid- Video Palace. Video Palace, and it's, you can find it like on iTunes or anything like I that. Do, that's what I don't know. I don't know if it's available anywhere, but Shutter. Uh, Shutter Original Podcast. It is on Apple Podcasts. Good. Okay. Yes, right. it is. Cool. It is there. Video Palace. Check it out. It's. It's. I can't. I can't even tell you how good it is. It's. It's. Uh, and it ends. And it ends in such a manner you could easily 
do another season of it. And without, I mean, it opens up, it, it answers very few questions and it just opens up, like literally kicks open a door to a whole new avenue of storytelling to like that you could go down with it because it basically finally gives you an explanation. There's a guy who's searching. So what, what happens is this guy discovers that there's these white videotapes that of like, you know, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the, the, the episode of masters of horror cigarette burns. There's the mythical movie that no one's ever watched. And the only people who've watched it have gone crazy. <laughs> So, so there he, he finds out about these white videotapes that were circulating back in the VHS days in these video stores, and there were no labels on them and nothing, and they just played static. But if you if you played them, that like there was a message in them, and all all this weird mythology grew out of it. And he 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 of course was doing it kind of tongue in cheek, right? So he manages to track down one of these tapes, and he gets it from this guy. So he then has one, and then all then from that point on, just weird shit starts happening to him. Because he's trying to dig more and more into the world of these white tapes and where they came from. And it's just it's just a really, really cool story. And the episodes are like I mean, the episodes are like twenty minutes long. You know, so it's like the whole thing end to end isn't more than a couple hours. Is this a fictional story or a I'm I'm confused. Okay, okay, good. Good. I don't want to know anymore. When you listen to it, you plays out like it's obviously like it's, you know, real. That's that's cool. That that sounds like it would be a good. I, I I think you'd really like it. Yeah, I, think the, I, I, think I you, like the premise a lot. I think you really dig it, and it only take a couple hours of your time to check out. Is it's absolutely worth your time. Cool. Um, so I guess from there, so <laughs> now we will go from the frying pan into the fire with uh, John's guilty pleasure, Maniac Cop. There's someone out there. Hey. Oh no. But now, the most terrifying man in the city carries a badge. You really think a cop did this? Why not? You gotta be wrong. He'll kill again. He enjoys killing. He may be getting information from inside the department. That means he is one of us. Everybody who wants to shoot a cop nowadays has got one hell of an excuse. This one is my personal life, any of your business. Such a wife was found dead in a motel room. When a cop turns killer, you have the right to remain silent forever. Maniac Cop. Directed by William Lustig from 1988 with a running time in 85 minutes. Someone is killing random people in New York City and appears to be a cop. A maniac cop. And when another police officer gets framed for the killings, he must race against time to clear his name and save the girl. John, maniac cop. Let me have it. Explain yourself, sir. So, um, you know, <laughs> John, just so just so you're by... aware, John, you're you're you know, you and I have known each other long enough to understand where we both stand on horror films. Uh, so the two guys mm-hmm. that are on the show with us are not tremendous fans of horror films. So this month, understandably, is going to be a little tough for them, but. That being said, that being <laughs> said, a lot of horror films. I mean, I get it. I'm not. At, I'm not at your level of. You no, know, I, I know. Horror, I know. But I, I, I've, I've seen my fair amount. I, I'm I, not saying you haven't seen them. I'm I've not. I'm, I'm just saying it. It's and, not your. It's not your your genre of choice. Uh, okay, you got me there. All right, John. <laughs> 
let me preface this by saying that <laughs> I'm a huge Friday the 13th fan. So the whole slasher genre is like my cup of tea. So if you look, if you look at Maniac Cop just by the numbers, look at, okay, Tom Atkins, Bruce Campbell, directed by Bill Lustig, written by Larry Cohen. These are all genre legends. You know, I, I don't want to say heavy hitters, but close to it. For this also. genre? Yeah, heavy hitters. And the supporting cast and the cameos yep. in this movie are amazing. Every time I watch this movie, I catch another person in there that I did not realize was in it. With all that said, this is a shitty movie. <laughs> but all those other factors make it fun as hell to watch. A true guilty pleasure. Exactly. That's right. That's right. Exactly. And this movie was like, it has almost become one of my favorite movies. Not because it's a good movie. It's just fun to watch, especially watching Tom Atkins, you know, chew up the carpet. Love Tom. His, his lines are amazing. Oh, dude, when he delivers the one to the report, when he meets with the reporter and he says, I want you to make this story bigger than AIDS. I, I almost <laughs> fell off the couch. I was like, did, did he a just fucking a little bit inappropriate in 1988? <laughs> just a little bit, just little a little bit tone deaf, little bit tone deaf. <laughs> like this isn't about romance; it's about murder. That's right. <laughs> I mean, it's a fictional story, so there's no explaining. <laughs> <laughs> Which I didn't know till I looked it up. I thought this was based on a true story. Oh my god! Uh, and then I looked it up and realized, no, it was just written. Sorry, John. Go ahead. No, but this. I mean, another thing about this movie is it's not. It's nothing like your traditional slasher movie, especially for the late '80s. This is, you know, at that point, you were still getting the, you know, the group of teens going to a camp. It was always about teens getting killed, having sex, and that's it. This, this was basically a, you know, this, this was like a Charles Bronson movie mixed with a slasher film set in New York City, too. And that's a whole other thing, too. For me, I'm a sucker for any movie set in really set in 70s and 80s new york city because i just i'll like i'll sit back and just look at the look at the surroundings have you right. seen basket case <laughs> of course <laughs> <laughs> very very well, similar if you're, you're a respect. big fan of the if you're the fan of the geography that probably explains your uh repetition for gangs in new york Yes, which is it's got to be. It's very one thing I do find fascinating about watching that film over and over again is I know this exactly. damn city so well. Exactly. You know, yeah, cool. Yeah, this this uh this this does showcase the city very, especially the docks. You know, there's a, there's a there's a lot of uh, I remember that era where they were crumbling docks all along the mm -hmm. Hudson, going down towards uh, you know, going down the the the, the West Side Highway. You wouldn't recognize it now. It's like a playground down there now. But I mean, in the old days. <laughs> and a motel as well. Who would have thought there was a motel yeah. in Manhattan? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean, and that's part of the fun of them. I mean, they spent like, I think, I think they said they spent uh, three days or three weeks, something, a short period of time filming in New York city. And the rest of this was filmed in LA. I mean, there's, there's like, there's several shots that in the background, you see mountains. You can see, you can see at the end, you can see uh, palm trees. Right. And it's like, <laughs> you know, they just, you know, it's, it, it is what yeah, it is. You know, guys. I mean, 
no, no, no one's <laughs> pretending. You know, it's like mm-hmm. we'll, 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 yeah, we'll, we'll trick you a little, but you know, we're right. not going to trick you a lot. Yeah, we yeah. swear exactly. this is New York. Hey, listen, we swear, we swear. We open up with a nice <laughs> shot of the twin towers and the city skyline. Guess what? You're now in New York. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's all you need is an establishing shot. That's right. And all you got to do is show some city streets with some things that uh, that look similar. Correct. Uh, I think probably my one of my favorite parts of this uh, was finding out that not only obviously that Sam Raimi was a, was had a had a wonderful cameo as the reporter man on the street, but uh, apparently he also shot some of that parade footage uh, in order to help the the producers secure or help the filmmakers produce to secure funding for the film by having the footage of the the, the parade, and it, uh, I just thought that that was fun and you know, and obviously with Bruce around. You know, and anywhere there's Bruce, you're going to find Sam and vice versa. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's some if they can right, figure out right. some way that they're going to get them in. And I also caught um, this time watching it. I caught uh, the one of the guys that was in Evil Dead 2 was one of the cops oh. at one point. Oh, really? I missed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was uh, I think it was he was one of the cops that throws Bruce in the back of the, the paddy wagon that that uh um, was he the blonde guy or the redneck i'm not sure okay mm. but yeah i mean like you said with the uh with the cameos you know the director was the was the hotel manager um mm-hmm. i mean they called jake lamada jake, jake lamada was 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 a detective yeah yeah, yeah. looking hysterical <laughs> um and they call richard roundtree a cameo but i he that's no, a that's that a role a cameo he was yeah, a lot of a cameo did, which which version did you guys see? Because the one I saw had a whole bunch of extra scenes in it with the mayor, and these scenes were clearly added into it because they're completely different quality. That was a Japanese okay. uh, uh, thing. I, I the the version that I watched did not have that in it, but it was uh, part of the extras. Oh, oh okay, okay. Yeah, I watched the one. Yeah, there's a there's a, the one there's a lot better, of so I assume that that was just the regular mm-hmm. version. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was completely okay. unrelated. It was with the mayor and his assistant, and they were talking about things that happened. Yeah, and but they it didn't just, matter. And they were giving plot points away. They were they were giving plot details away about like, like they knew it was Cordell, and they were you know they were you know he's after us because we did this and that you know whatever. It's it's kind of weird where they're placed in, and the mayor is inexplicably hostile towards everybody <laughs> like yeah well you know i'll promote him but then i'll cut his balls <laughs> off and, you know it's just weird stuff so you know yeah it i could you can see why it was cut out you can see why it wasn't really it, part of the main story because it didn't it's always fun to to for me to go back and catch uh these these sort of mid mid and late 80s uh, if you want to call them if you want to call them cult classics or if you want to just call them, you know, horror genre films from that time. Well, just, I missed a lot of these. I wasn't, I wasn't anywhere near the horror guy. I was at this time. I was just an overall movie guy and I didn't, you know, we didn't go a lot to a lot of, a lot of, a lot of films of this nature. You know, a lot of the midnight movie stuff was just stuff that we really focused on or went to. And uh, so I missed out on a lot of this stuff, especially when it first came out. And I mean, and obviously in the mid eighties, I was just kind of of the age where I probably could go and see a lot of this in a theater. And there weren't, 
a lot of this stuff showing in the theaters out by where my house was. They didn't, a lot of this stuff never even made it out that far. You know, if you didn't, you didn't get out past like the, the 42nd street grindhouse cinema and a lot of that stuff. And a lot of those movies just never made it out there just because it wasn't, they knew they weren't going to get enough people to even have it in their theater a week, you know? So like we didn't get, you know, we, we never had Mad Max at a theater by us, you know, and we never had, you know, a lot of that stuff, you know? Yeah. But um, so it's fun to go back and catch these. I had never seen this before. And, uh, you know, it's always been on my list of stuff that I knew I should should sit down and watch. But that list is like Latham's. It's pretty fucking long. And, you know, it's 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 daunting after a while when you have a list of films that you want to watch or you have you know, I, like I have a hard drive connected to my computer with, you know, 800 or a thousand films on it. 90% of which I haven't watched. And it just like you, it's hard to just go about your business of watching them. You know, it's hard to just like you sit down to watch something and you're like, all right, so what do I want? I'm like, I, we're going to watch a horror movie. It's a weekend. Let's watch a horror movie. But then I start, then I start digging into the minutia of like, well, what's this one about? Oh, this is only a, this is only a three person horror film where they're clearly going to be alive for the majority of it, because obviously there's only three people. If you kill them off in the first 10 minutes, there are, there's not much movie left. So, you know, <laughs> that it's going to be a, a, a more of a character driven thing and a lot of stuff going on, you know, you know, where, whereas I'll, you know, I see a, I see a movie with, with a cast of 10 teenagers. I'm like, that's the one I want right there because I guarantee someone's going to be dead in the first 15 minutes. And I want a bed body every 10 minutes after that. <laughs> so, you know, I would, and that's how I want to enjoy my Saturday night. So going back and checking out the, and I, the other thing I love about the movies, especially from this time period, is just the brevity involved. Most of them are under 90 minutes. You know, they, if 90 minutes is that it's a long film. And uh, I just feel like, they get into things so quickly and move stuff so 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 brief so quickly along. It's it's almost refreshing filmmaking because it's like you go back to a time like like when we had the when we had Jimmy on the show and we watched Where Eagles Dare, you know, and they did this they did this transition. I made a comment on about this transition where they 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 focus in on a backpack that was had this white you know snow camouflage covering on, and they transition to the next day and they're walking in the snow. And I'm like, man, you know, if that was a modern film, you know, they would have spent 10 minutes with them the next morning talking about radio communications, watching the guys pack up, banter between the characters, blah, 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 going on. And in this, it's like literally, here's night, here's the next day. They're already out and on the right. You know, nothing wasted. Just they go right from scene to scene. And I think that we've gotten so used to finding films that, hold your hand or they need to hold your hand all the way through Yeah, that it's fun to watch stuff like this, where it's, it's not, not even like, I'm not even talking like guerrilla filmmaking, but I'm talking about the guys who just would write a story and they'd give you all of the beats of the film that you need. And everything's there for you. There's this, there's not a whole lot in this movie that you don't need, but there's not a whole lot in it necessarily that, you know, I mean, listen, anyone could look at this film now. And so there's no, there's no way they couldn't make this better if somebody wanted to remake Maniac Cop, which actually gets me to my point back that I was going to make at the top of the show, which was that there was word back in mid-2019 that Nicholas Winding Refn and Peter Hyams' son, John Hyams, were working on a Maniac Cop reboot series at HBO. And I don't know whatever happened to that. I mean, Probably not a good time to release a series about a cop killing people. Exactly. What's that? Um, oh, oh, right. Yeah. Well, good. Point. Yeah. I mean, 
you know. Fair point. It was Fair originally point. it was originally going to be a film, and then they they turned it into uh, a series concept. Uh, I think it's just you know it's in, it's one of those in development hell kind of things. Yeah, that yeah, there's there's not going to be any good timing now for who knows no, how long. That's no, never going to happen. But um, anyway, uh, Lathan, go ahead. I mean, I I don't have much to say about it but i do like that it's i mean you know i didn't i didn't dislike it like i like i just like prince of darkness i mean you know it's it's one of those movies you know what you're gonna get going in i did like the, i i did think it moved fast and i know it's not that long what is it 83 minutes 84? 87 what is it 87 87 so it 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 at least moved the if you're gonna look for good stuff in it the, the menace feels real of it um the menace based on the premise we want to start trying to rhyme um (laughs) we don't actually we don't want to do that you know it's i kind of think some of the kills are not that spectacular i think you know the big the the best thing about it is the nostalgia that you discover later the cameos uh the fact that it's populated by people who worked with a lot of different horror directors and and kitsch directors from the eighties and that, you know, that's cool. And, you know, I, I, it was, it was actually in my book, like that to see eventually along with a lot of other eighties horror films that I haven't seen. And so again, we've, you know, thanks to John, we've tipped off two movies that were in my book, but it's, uh, you know, I, I probably won't watch it again, but it, it, it was, it was an okay watch. It was decent. I didn't didn't love it, but didn't didn't despise it. That's fair. That's a concise. <laughs> if I was concise to review, I I don't have much else to say about it. I just didn't. You watch you watch it and move on. Yeah, but I had I had heard about you know I'd known about it along with you know. Yeah, like, I, well, I you, know, listen, you you don't have a title like Maniac Cop, and you know don't you don't know that that the movie exists. But there's I'm sure there's horror movies from the '80s I don't know about. Not horror, but you know movies like. Oh know, yeah, I guarantee you there are. And, I find I find new ones all the time. Right. And like, but even like Basket Case, when we did that, I had always heard about Basket Case and had never seen it. Have you heard so, of Chopping Mall? I've seen Chopping Mall, believe it or oh, not. Oh, uh, that's, uh, that's that's on my list. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, another movie I won't ever watch again. But, um, I, you know. How about Blood just, Beach? I've not seen it, but I remember the video cassette cover Beach. of that with the hand coming out of the sand right yeah yeah i'm sorry i'm rhyming again i don't mean to do that <laughs> but yeah so you know i don't there's i don't think there's much depth i, I think we're, we're we're in like a, a four foot wading pool with this movie so i don't really have anywhere to dive into here so okay. i will relent to hassan is that anything anything to add on to your great uh... <laughs> <laughs> and the answer is no <laughs> He's assembling his thoughts. Be kind. Wondering if I should reveal to you that this movie scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. And I'm watching it again. Watching it again now, I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) 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 This movie scared me very much when I was four years old. Yeah, well, I mean, okay, Robert's. What was it about it that. That's scary when you're just fucking terrifying. Cops is, you know, cops is a symbol of authority. You know, girl runs away from these two like very generic uh, muggers, you know. <laughs> uh, 
that could that you know pretty pretty much set up a you know Rommel esque you know pincers movement to 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 <laughs> to mug crazy. this woman to grab her purse from her right 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 and um, she she manages to fight them off like. John Claude Van Damme, you know, there's some some in- with, yeah. with intricacy. Like I don't know what she had in that purse, dude. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, whatever it was, she wasn't letting go of it. And then she runs to the cop, and the cop just picks her up by her neck, cracks her neck, and that's it. You know, and it's like, so when you're a kid watching that, you're like, wait, what? What just happened? Oh, <laughs> the good guy. Yeah, this is, that's not supposed to happen. And Robert Zadar is not easy on the eyes, even without the makeup, you know? So, <laughs> you know, when you're a kid and you don't understand that, you know, there's all kinds of different shapes and sizes of human beings, you know, it just <laughs> it it just creeps you out. The whole movie, like, was, was kind of creepy. I didn't know when I was young that that was Bruce Campbell. When I'm watching it again, yeah. um, and I've, I've seen it since since uh, childhood, but... It has it has been a long time. So watching it again, I was surprised. Like, wait a minute, the lead is Bruce Campbell. I, I never, I never recognized that that was Bruce Campbell. Yeah. That Richard Roundtree is in it for no reason. And what's his name? Uh, the, the Ripley, the police captain or whatever, has been in so many things. You know, uh, you mean, always. Well, you mean Conan's dad? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we don't call him William Smith in this household. Yes. That's Conan's dad. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> I will not let that ever happen again. Um, but yeah, Conan's dad was like, and you're looking at him like, holy shit, that guy's been everything. He's like, <laughs> do you know how many times he almost killed yeah. Buck Rogers? The only, yeah. <laughs> the only time, <laughs> you know? So I have, a, I have a great convention story about him, by the way. Okay. I mean, um, I did, I did like when when uh, when oh what's his name uh, Cordell shows up and and kills Richard Roundtree and Conan's dad's the only one who gets a shot in you know even through the little door you could see it through the little door he he before he got killed he punched out he tried to punch Cordell to death and it's like that's very indicative that, of that, his and, that, and that's funny <laughs> that you bring that up because you gotta you gotta admit that. For the time in a film that's that's arguably based on the quality of its kill scenes, that the two or the one one of the main targeted characters for this guy to go and kill is killed out of sight behind a door, yet still yeah. in front of you. But right. the kill itself is done completely out of view. Correct. Not only that, it was very clever that they were able to hire. Conan's dad, who has had the same <laughs> body type as Zadar, yes. so that it could red herring you through the entire film. It was like, yep. oh, it's this guy, you know. Well, obviously, he's all—he's just a little shorter. That's it. Yep. Yeah, and you—you—you you, you, you can't not tell, that, tell that, right? Yeah. Okay, so so I'm with Latham to an extent. It's still not a my favorite, you know, film. I don't know how many times after this I would rewatch it. I, it's fantastic in the sense of watching it again from a place of fear and then watching it as an adult going, Oh, come on, man. That's, that's not even, that's not even Bruce Campbell jumping off that truck at the end. Like I, <laughs> like, I, I can see it all. There, there are things, there were so many very, very <laughs> wonderful eighties uh, horror movie things that, that happened in this. Like, oh, first of all, Zadar is, is a prolific and successful killer. Like, the the amount of cops he kills for no reason at the, towards the end of the film it's just 
It's, and, he, and it's not even like a, a, a run up, snap your neck, or stab you. Some of these guys, he's hiding. He's, you know, he's yeah, he's, he's got guys he's, hanging on bars by, you know, yeah. by, by handcuff rings. He's pulling the voice. He's leaving bodies for you yeah. to find. Yeah. It's, and he's it's been like, there for 20 minutes outside the room <laughs> doing his business. And no one in the entire police station was aware of the fact that he was basically just killing everybody else in the building. And he's yeah. like, okay, and you can see. This is the other thing. It's funny because of the nature of the film. It's funny. It's a nitpick, but the nitpick makes it kind of improves it. Yeah. You look at Bruce Campbell's body type and look at the bodies that the, the that are hanging from bars and from the ceiling. And you're like, you know, freeze, killer. You know, come on. There's no way this guy <laughs> did this. Right. Bruce Campbell doesn't have a drop of blood on him. <laughs> and, and there are there are bloodied, bruised, and beaten bodies of armed cops all over the place. <laughs> explain how Bruce Campbell was in, in your cop's brain. Explain how he was yeah. able to breeze through a precinct in his murdering white, in, his, in his white t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who's your cleaner, man? What do you, you know? What do you got that? Is that scotch guarded? Willard Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's got the classic trope at the end where he, you know, he dies in an elaborately bad way. The hand comes up. Yeah, come on. <laughs> first of all, if you're underwater, you're not sending your hand up. Your head's coming up first, right? Because that's not the if thing you're that needs dead. to breathe. Yeah, yeah. What exactly? Here's the question I was going to ask. And that's the other, that's the good thing and the bad thing about this podcast uh, at the simultaneous. There's no way I can watch this as, a, as an incidental viewer. I'm always watching every movie that we watch very analytically, you know, and there's no way I can turn that off. So there are certain things, especially in this I watched and I, and it, and it hit me. And I'm sure this question has been asked a thousand times, but I'm going to ask it just to get an answer from, from the three of you. What is it about being wronged and, and unduly murdered that makes you immortal? Because this happens <laughs> in every horror trope that, that is like the main horror trope that you yep. come back michael myers immortal jason Voorhees, immortal and it, it you know i mean freddy krueger they actually bothered to give him some kind of mythology to it but why is robert zadar impossible to kill well in this one he was not actually dead he was still alive what made him bulletproof then yeah what how do you how do you do that? That was never explained. <laughs> exactly. That's what I mean. It's like they never talk about. I mean, yeah, I mean, they allude to the idea that he was never actually dead at the end of this. But, you know, because he was like, oh, higher, you know, the car, the coroner was like all his higher brain functions were gone. He was, you know, he was non-functional, blah, blah, blah. But it still doesn't explain the fact that he's clearly superhumanly strong. <laughs> yes. You know, he's got. You know, obviously, he's got some other stuff going on with, you know, being able to breathe underwater and also the yeah. uh, being able to take shots, multiple rounds, including ones to the head from, according to the to the female Tiffany or Teresa or whatever her name was. Which which never actually happened in the scene. He never did get correct. Shot in the head. Yeah, they don't show her actually <laughs> yeah. shooting him in the head. But yeah. she does say she shot him tw at least twice. That's the head. only reason you know the you 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 have any inkling of what she how effective she was because she says so. So she's probably lying. <laughs> <laughs> I know I shot him in the head. No, no, you. It, it was dark. You were looking into the light. It's impossible to tell <laughs> if you hit him. Um, but uh, but yeah, I was I was I was very sad to see Tommy Atkins go during the film just simply yeah. because you know he's. 
Toss him out said, a freaking window. John said he's always fun to watch, no matter yeah. what. Look, did you did did you catch the uh, the changing makeup at the end too? They would show the close up, yeah, of him yes. with the chunks of skin hanging off, and then yeah. they would pull out and just a little bit of scarring. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, you when you're stunt driving, you're as you know because there's no budget, so Zadar had to do all this stunt driving. You can't put all that right. makeup on him while he's doing his own stunt driving. Well, my favorite part know. of that was you know when when she jumps in the cop car with the cop to to chase him, to chase the police uh, the police paddy wagon truck. Right. Right. I'm just mm-hmm. like, I'm like, well, this is great. I go because this is like a nameless, faceless cop. This guy probably actually is the stunt driver. Yeah. Because that way, the way he handled that car, about, they yeah. wouldn't have to worry about changing him in and out. Because we'll just make the stunt driver and give him a role. And he drove that car like a champ, but didn't know that you should maybe seek cover when you're threatening a guy with a shotgun. Because he just <laughs> he just showed up, shotgun, and he's like, "I got one too." Wait a second. <laughs> I should have done that from behind this pillar. Maybe, maybe, maybe he thought he was going to pull the Matrix thing and he was going to shoot at the exact <laughs> yeah. same time, and the bullets were going to hit each other in midair. <laughs> there's a, there's a, there's so much, there's so much to be said about it. All of it. There's Not so really, much. But <laughs> there is. I mean, there's, there's just a certain amount of when. I mean, this is, this is bad '80s horror done right. I mean, at the at the, at the core of it, this is this yeah, is because you just don't care. You don't care about the whatever whatever the issues right. are. You're like, oh, right. this is that's awesome. You know, right. you're this that's is, all you're doing is like, this is awesome. This is the kind of film you can sit down, you can you can enjoy it, you can experience it. And if there's things you spot in it, like in like like in you know, in the case of like a million actors from that era who you eventually would see other places, and you'd be like, oh shit, look, that guy's in it. Yeah. Like I, I, you know, I was gonna. If I had time this afternoon, I was actually gonna sit and watch Maniac Cop Two because it literally starts off right from the end of this one. Yeah, I almost chose that one instead, but then I, I felt I felt it made more guys. sense. What's that? He said I would have had to have watched both. There's no way I'm watching the sequel without watching the original. So that would have been <laughs> a very strategic move by you. You should have picked Maniac Cop 3. Then I'd be in for all three of these. (laughs) Now, if you did not like this one, you would absolutely hate 3. They do get progressively worse. (laughs) 3 is the worst. Really? I have, I can't, I could barely sit through 3. And I, and I will watch garbage. Right. <laughs> I'm the same way. I, I'll, I'll watch, if it's a horror film, I'll watch it. I don't care if it was shot by two guys on their back porch with a handy cam or if it was, you know, you know. Oh, you've the, seen that one too? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all, all 16 of them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, one thing, the one thing that kind of, the, the thing that did irk me more that as, as, a, as a person, like one of those unforgivable crimes is like, okay, you're in a cop car. You're chasing this guy. You're chasing this this police paddy wagon. You got a radio. Why did you wait till you got there to call for backup? There should have been a there should have been a pr- procession of cops behind it. Uh, some guy recklessly driving a paddy wagon through the street with a kidnapped vic- victim in the back. You know um, that they stole right from under hmm. a, a squad of cops. <laughs> yeah, this, this isn't a procedural. 
No, <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. That was a, that. That was a thing that bugged me. I'm like, wait, send more cops. Yeah, you're gonna you, you're gonna wait till you get to the place to ask for backup. You're gonna want backup before. And it showed. It proved it because the guy was a fucking numbskull with a shotgun. Hey, over here! <laughs> don't shoot Bruce Campbell. Shoot me. Hey, hey you. <laughs> you with the shotgun. There is. Um, uh, oh, sorry. No, that's I'm I'm. I'm more than done. <laughs> I mean, the last thing I'd say is, you know, watching it back then is different, con- different contextually because of society and whatever. But watching it today, you know, you give this to someone, they got to pick. You got to really pick who you're rooting for here. You know, are you rooting for the maniac cop or the oh, ex-cop? So, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. That's uh, it's it's a different watch and. It is. It is. And uh, yeah, yeah and, it just, and it's funny. I mean, it, and, and it's funny that Hassan, you brought up the fact that you wanted to mention whether or not a movie that you watched as a kid and scared the crap out of you. Uh, you know, if we ever cover the movie that caught the only film that has ever caused me to lose a night's sleep, uh, I'll admit to it. You know, if that day comes, it comes. <laughs> and, I, and, and I honestly am looking for, and I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to actually watching it again because I haven't seen it in probably 20 years and you're not going to tell us what it is yeah yeah there was one movie what there was one movie i swear to god that scared me that scared me so bad that i was a mess over it for months afterward wow and it's it's ridiculous the movie is ridiculous now actually the premise of it is ridiculous the thought of it is ridiculous but having watched it again recently Whereas I was, I was not affected by it at all this time, but I could see why this would affect a young person, sure. um, especially whose mo- who had a, a young kid whose mother worked at a hospital. Right. Um, it was a, you know, it was a big deal. Now, in keeping the same spirit as Steve, I'm not going to tell you what it is until it comes mm-hmm. up. But that's fine. Mine's an R-rated horror movie from 1980. And I was 12 years old and I saw it in a theater and I, it, it's the only movie. And the thing is, is I can't. The changeling. I, no, I can't, I can't, I can't, put, I no, I can't put my finger, motel hell. I can't put my finger on the thing about the movie that kept me awake. Like I can't point at the thing that said, that's the thing that kept me from sleeping. But for some reason, when I came home and listen, it may have just become because I was just so jazzed about seeing it. You know, it could have just been a thing where I was just so excited to see this movie in a movie theater that that's, and then you, and that then that's you were why like, I was so wrong. <laughs> I shouldn't be watching this at all. The next day I was never, it wasn't, it didn't go on. It was one night. And then the next day I was fine, but it was just, I, I don't, I don't know what it was, but there's only been one night I've ever not been able to sleep after watching a movie. Walter um, Mine is from nineteen. No, I love altered too. states, though. My movie is from nineteen eighty-two. Yeah, is it ET? Yes, <laughs> yes, it was ET. You got me. So, <laughs> so my my version of that, I'm not going to tell you the year. <laughs> so I was I was four years old. I walked into the living room. I was watching TV in another room. Walked into the living room. My parents were watching this movie, and I saw a shot that scared the hell out of me. I could not sleep or anything. I have not watched that movie since. I do want to watch it, but I have not seen it. 
I've actually never seen, obviously. I've never seen the movie. I've only seen the one shot, which scared the shit out of me. Wow. Uh, the, the person who directed that movie wrote Maniac Cop. Oh. Oh. Cohen? So it's Cohen film? Is it Q? Yep. No, no. Too early, that's too late. See, now you're going you're gonna to run through them all, and then I'll have to say yes. No, I'm not so going to. I just thought anymore. maybe it was Q. Oh, <laughs> Are you kidding me? There's far too many. <laughs> I don't know. I'm looking for Steve's right now. I'm going to find it. Latham, if you have to get shutter, or if you happen to get shutter, there's a really amazing documentary on Larry Cohen called King Cohen on Shutter that is just absolutely worth your okay. time. Okay. That guy that guy has been that guy is part of the fabric of American American filmmaking for the last 40 years, and he he deserves any accolade he gets. The the okay. the, the projects in it's this amazing. Thing. It's amazing the the movies that he wrote that you would not have expected. Right, right. When you really dig into everything that he's done, yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like when I watched the film Milius and found out all the stuff that John Milius had been involved in, whether it was just doing rewrites or whether it was actually just writing and never did involve, you don't hear about it because you don't hear about the writers as much as the directors. Same kind mm-hmm. of thing. You know, that, that, that was just like, holy shit, he worked on that too? You know, it gets to a point where you're just like, how, how, many, how many films can they go through that you know and respect that this guy had a hand in. The problem is, I now want to know what all these movies are. <laughs> I'll tell you, especially I'll... especially this last one, which is very compelling. It's like to only see a clip of it and then be <laughs> and never have a gun. Well, mine's The Howling by Joe Dante. So that's the movie. Yep, that would do it. Really? Yeah, that that, that bothered it. me too. Seeing the effects in that movie, it was bothersome. Yeah. I mean, that was my whole universe was special effects. So that's one of the reasons I wanted to go see that so badly. Uh, but there was just there, I don't know what you know. Of all Poor things, Steve. of all young things, Steve in the middle of the film, like this was a mistake. Of all <laughs> things, no, dude, in the theater, I was, I was, I was ecstatic. I was beside myself with glee at that at watching that movie in the theater. Just watching those the the Robbo teen transformation effects. And the thing was, is I had seen Wolfen, and I had seen, and I got to see the Howling. I did not see American Werewolf in London until probably at least three or four years later. I saw that late too. So it's like uh, out of Werewolf Summer, I saw the two other ones that are considered the lesser, most people consider the lesser of the three. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'll always I'll always put, I mean, I love Rick Baker's transformation sequence in, in American Werewolf, but yeah. I will put Rob Bottin's Howling Transformation next to it yeah. all day long. Yeah, the only the, thing that how, go ahead, John. Sorry. Oh no, it's the 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 howling has this trashy feel to it, and I think that that adds to the oh, especially the whole the front feel end of, of the film. Yes, exactly. The the feel of that film makes it way scarier than American Werewolf. The the thing about American Werewolf that puts it, you know, that that usually gets people that elevates it above is just because there's no cuts in it. You know, like that's yeah, right. Because you know, Botine's like, but I mean, I think Botine's wolf, the bipedal, seven foot tall fucking wolf, right. is way scarier. You know, right. mm-hmm. um, I think that's why I like Dog Soldiers so much. I love yeah. Dog Soldiers. I like a good werewolf film anyway, but Dog Soldiers is such a great flick, such a good werewolf movie, and that's the same kind of werewolves. It's the big bipedal, you know, yeah. 
the ones that can grab things from you, like a piece of paper. Yeah. <laughs> with the, in the, the girl's reading a file, and it just took the file away from her. It's like, well, you don't want me to read that? You know, is that, like, I'm sorry, am I disturbing you, Mr. And my, and my favorite part of that, the howling, my favorite part of that, Robert Picardo. Yeah. <laughs> Holy mm-hmm. our, the guy with that our, strange career of Robert our, Picardo. Our man, Robert Picardo. <laughs> Um, my my movie was Silent Rage, Chuck oh, Norris. Nice. The Chuck Norris okay. movie. Yeah, that movie destroyed me when I was a kid. Interesting. Just, just wrecked me, and because it's just this guy never says a word in the film. He just he just goes nuts, acts murders people, and then they give him a they give him a cocktail, a, a drug cocktail that makes him uh, that makes him impervious to pain and damage. Yeah. It's yeah. and, like that's, that's a good funny. idea. That's funny because of like of all like of all the Chuck Norris movies, that's that's like the closest to a horror film, like a horror mm-hmm. film of his in his genre of films. And I certainly in nineteen eighty two, I certainly took it that way. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was horrific to me. Right. Um, right. So yeah, that that I've watched it recently, and I'm like, this movie's kind of a joke. But I mean, when I <laughs> when I was, but I could understand why this would mess a kid up who has. Who you know doesn't understand life and death yet, and you know yeah. has issues with uh, you know doesn't understand. You don't know what a you don't know what a sociopath is. You know you don't know right. you don't know the terms for any of these right. things. So I mean, the, the older you get, the more you understand these things. It doesn't make them less scary, but at least you understand them. You know you get yep. them. So that was me. So now now John, mm. you got it. What's what's um, that? It's it's alive. Oh, it's alive. Oh, wow! I've really, yeah, never I've, seen I've, it's alive. I've I've only I know that poster I, I though. I walked in. I walked in right when that mutant baby shows up <laughs> for the first time. I guess it's the first time because it was a pretty yeah nasty shot. What year? But, uh, yeah, seeing that thing. God, seventy three, seventy four. Oh. It it's it was. I, let me see. Something about seventies horror movies I, are scarier. Also. I think. I think it was on HBO when they were watching it. Phoebe's got it. I'm guessing 70, 74, 75. That sounds right to me. I'd say 74. Those movies are scarier because they're all, in the 70s, they were still being made on film. And the, the oh, graininess yeah. of film makes always makes that stuff just so much more murky and uncomfortable. 74. Okay. Fail. Mm. Fail, <laughs> big big fail. At least your face didn't freeze in mid sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a particular movie like that, but I have a scene that bothered me. It's not even a horror movie. It just it just bothered me. It's weird. Did you watch the miniseries V? Sure. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. The gerbil. Well, not not even that. I mean that that was also awful. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> but it's when they had the accident at the plant and Fred and Robert England goes in to rescue the guy and the guy comes, the other guy comes out. The arm! His arm is frozen. He breaks it on the yes! wrist. Yes! And oh, I'm wow. just like, oh my God, can that really happen to somebody? <laughs> that was my, that was one of my single favorite things ever that still gets repeated today in films of somebody getting Hit, it's Terminator 2, it's it's Jason X, 
It's any film that's got somebody brings on the liquid hydrogen or the liquid oxygen, Demolition and they get man. they get splashed on it, and then you shatter them. I yeah. fucking love that effect. But it was so quick. He's like, "Oh, I'm frozen," and then he turns around and hits the, the railing, thing, you know? and his whole arm just breaks. Yeah, oh. it's like, hey, dude, yeah. if you just relax for a sec, maybe they can unfreeze it or do something. But you uh. slam it into a railing, you idiot! Now it's all over the goddamn ground. You blew it. Blew it. Okay. In his defense, it. he thought it was like only top the you know it was like top ice, so he figured he could just crack it and then peel it off and right. he'd be fine. He didn't realize it's, it went it's all the way. Weird there. detail <laughs> in that series to like shock you. It's like it's right. nothing Listen. to do with the plot at all, except I guess it's to show you the the severity of the yeah to of show the, you that oh, Robert England and the visitors can go into hyper cold areas and and not be affected or have their limbs break off. So, but it's just, it just bothered me for years. I'm like, Oh man, that there is is having, having again, watched those recently. There is a lot of good stuff in that miniseries. Like that's just just ahead of its time. The laser effects are amazing for 83. I mean, that's on for television, 1983 television. They they brought it for that miniseries. They're like, we're going all out with this. And it's entertaining. I mean, it's it really all the Mark Singer, Faye Grant, all those eighties. Yeah, and it's very creepy. There is it's the first miniseries has a lot of creepiness to it because it's not all out war yet. It's a slow, it's that yeah, slow it's burn of people starting to discover that something's really. I mean, look, it wouldn't work today because if a whole bunch of aliens with in city sized ships showed up. Uh, we'd start shooting at them immediately. You know, oh, it wouldn't yeah, be one of those. Yeah. We're here to help. Hello. Yeah, we're here. We're here to help. At that point, we're still like, oh, they might be friendly. Let's, <laughs> yeah. let's see what they got. Let's see what they can. Like, oh, we have all this medical knowledge we can give you. Well, we're thank also you. Going to eat you. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, that's funny. That might be the first instance of that. Of like the oh, freezing cannibal, and smashing. Like, oh yeah. Oh no, yeah, the freezing and smashing. That, yeah, it's that's funny you that 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 you that you picked that minute because that's one that always stuck out to me that I always remembered from that and that always uh, I whenever I see that effect done in a movie I I I absolutely love it and I think it's because of that scene of in the original V and it's it's funny because the last time I watched it I'll remember it was this last winter we had a super cold day here in Chicago and I put the DVD in and filmed that shot of the guy breaking his arm in the cold and then posted that on Facebook to show how cold it was outside. <laughs> I still that it's the coldest, horrible thing that could happen to you with you know, frostbite or whatever, so, or night, liquid yeah. nitrogen, for that matter. So. One of my friends uh, was complaining about the heat uh, a little earlier this summer, and they posted the image of, what's his name, Dietrich melting. In, uh, uh, at the well, end of uh, Raiders of the Lost Star. Yeah. <laughs> you could have picked Tote. <laughs> yeah. Dietrich's yeah. pretty bad, though, too. He, yeah. like, yeah, just, like, shrinks. Actually, supposedly his head shrinks. Yeah, Tote's the one who melts. All right, I, I'm sorry. They're both, they're both horrible, though. Yeah, his, mel- his <laughs> melts and collapses. That's bothersome when you're when you're a 10-year-old or 9-year-old watching Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. You know, it's a PG yeah, you didn't movie, see. and these people are fucking melting. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's bad too. All right. That's- you know it's 
You know what's creepiest about Toast melting? The way his hat just kind of falls down and on the, the glass rim. Glasses. Like the glass. Yeah, it's like ah, ah, it's just ah. Yeah, yeah. It's like Your at the fire. end of Maniac Cop with uh with Cordell and his dying <laughs> with all his 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 uh deformities. And the problem with that is because, as you say, it's inconsistent. So you can't kind of look away because your analytical brain is like, wait a minute, that moves. So now you're not only not only can you not look away, but you're looking at it so so uh, distinctly that you can tell it's moved. It's like, yeah. I don't know. And makeup still bothers me. It's, it's not it's not <laughs> disturbing, but it's just it's still gross. Like it's still like when I was yeah. a kid, it it wrecked me. But now it's it's still like man, I I wouldn't want to. And Robert Zadar is not a pretty looking guy even without it. Oh, he wasn't. He's passed on now, sadly. But you know, oh, it's so funny because yeah. I saw him in so many things. You know, the, and never and never saw any of these films, and I, you know, I really, knew, I knew he was, the, I knew he was the guy, but I never knew, you know, that he these, was, this is the first time I ever saw him, and I, and I, and I saw him in like in a million like TV shows and shit like that in the eighties and nineties, and I was always just like, dude, what the fuck's up with that dude's jaw? Because <laughs> yeah. he had that big pad around his whole fucking jaw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And as he got older, it just got bigger. You know, it just got more and more patty. And a, 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 right before he patty. died, it was like somebody was it was like literally he had like a travel pillow wrapped around the <laughs> underside of his head. And I'm like, dude, what is up with this guy? What's going on with them? <laughs> well, he hired. was uh, he was also a bigger guy at the end of his life, too. He, yeah, he got put on. Well, he he got, was a, I mean, he was a he, big he guy. Quite then. a bit of weight. But he was. No, like, no, I he mean, he a, got fat. Oh, got yeah. Really fat. He. uh yeah, which I'm sure didn't help whatever he was dealing with, because I know exactly. he died of medical. He didn't die. He wasn't super old when he passed away. He was only like, what, and maybe in his sixties. Yeah, he, was, he wasn't, wasn't that old. old. Yeah. So anyway, so that's uh, that's Maniac Cop. And again, the internet is not something that you just dump something on. It's not a big truck. It's it's a series of tubes. Moving on to Maniac Cop posters. Okay. Why not? That's we right. You have the right to remain silent forever. That's right. Okay. <laughs> that is correct, sir. It's better than a god plutonium. <laughs> yep. You have yeah. the right. You have the you have the right not to be saved by the god plutonium forever. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's not a bad, but it's a pretty good, pretty good poster. Yeah, you know? it's nice and simple and to the point. Yeah, and it's you know. Without without throwing a lot of shit at you, you know it's subtle. Yeah, it, 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 I just keep thinking about when it when it first came out. I was working at a video store at the time, and it just it didn't pop off the shelf. No, right. You know, yeah, because it was because the posters like all black or. Yeah, it's just you know little red type at the bottom, all black. The little little yeah, bit the, of artwork on and it, and a lot of those early, didn't stand lot, out. A lot of the early VHS things they hadn't they hadn't jumped onto the idea of creating new art for VHS boxes. They just used exactly. The post, they yeah, just they used the poster art that they had, and they would wrap it around a box. Yep. Uh, and then you know the back would be a montage of stills or whatever, and you know then what little text you need. All right. right. So next next is another U.S. poster. Yeah. This one's trying to force it on you. I don't. Well, and the art actually, the hand horrible force perspective. It's that yeah, awkward. That hand, hand is that like hand looks really weird. Cordell, yeah. Uh-huh. What? What? 
That's cranberry song. <laughs> oh, okay. Gone it too- actually goes with the theme. Cordell, time will tell. Yeah, damn well. Gone too soon. Yes, for sure. Did you listen to that their last? Did, did you listen to their last album? Oh yeah, it's great. Oh my god. Yeah, that their just last two were fantastic. Last year, that, right? That fucking heartbreaking Dolores Reardon dying right on the eve of that album coming out. That yeah, album I mean, was they, fucking amazing. It was, and so was the one before uh, it. And yeah, when they when they got back together to do stuff again, yeah, it's that's a weird tangent, folks. Uh, Maniac Cop to Dolores O'Riordan's death, but yeah. uh, you know that's what we do on this show is we make interesting comparisons. We make we make interesting banter. Uh, so next is uh, some DVD art. Well, he's got a mush face, huh? Yeah, a little bit of a mush face. It looks like it's made out of like bamboo almost. It's got like these like like rods coming off of his nose and then down the sides of his yeah. mouth. It's very strange. It's just weird. Yeah, it's a weird way to show highlights on his face. Yeah, I, yeah. It's you know, yeah. Whatever. It's for a DVD cover. There you go. Uh, so next is uh, one of the more recent Blu-ray releases. I, I, I like the I mean, glove yeah. that's i like the glove missing the end of one finger to show that it's got like you know like crazy skinless tissue it's yeah yeah <laughs> oh by the way this is why is man. why is bruce campbell wearing <laughs> yeah this why? is the french version of maniac <laughs> maniac <laughs> maniac one hundred men will trust one day <laughs> Sorry. Miserable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do that bad French actually, accent from, actually, uh, from actually, Spider-Man. Ne- actually, next is the French uh, poster. Okay. <laughs> and? Wow. A guy who's about half the size of Robert Zadar. Yeah, this guy doesn't. <laughs> yeah, it's just. Well, he's got to look like a French cop for it to, for it to work. Well, then he, then he definitely needs a beret. Yeah, this, this <laughs> so. Vous pouvez ne rien dire, pour toujours. <laughs> this is like something I would come up with. You're not even trying here, guys. Come. <laughs> it's like a guy in a leather jacket. It's like one of the one of the village people standing it's, in the middle it, of the street. And, and yeah. it's like a uh, filter process, a random shot of a New York street because there's a Modell sign on the left. <laughs> 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 and a Moxie Hotel sign that's got, or a Roxy Hotel sign with the R and the O that's out. <laughs> yeah. And and the Liberty <laughs> Theater on the right. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. So next is the Turkish film, uh, film poster, which I actually like this artwork a lot. It's a better version of the hand. Maniac you know, just... or Maniac. <laughs> Just What's like, a maniac? Maniac yeah. sounds terrifying. <laughs> maniac. Maniac. <laughs> Ooh, maniac. Oh. That's a that sci-fi was, movie. That's going on the list. A maniac. That's, a, that's an asylum film. I mean, a maniac. Yeah, outside of Turkey, you could reverse those two, two words backwards and no one would know what the fuck anyway. Uh, you could call it Canum Royanari or Royanar and no one would know unless you lived in Turkey. What'd you just say? What'd you just call me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, what's with the lightning here? Uh, yeah. So next is a poster by Chris Barnes, 
goes under the name Brutal Posters. Big fan of Chris's stuff. But but I will say that the one the one drawback here is I am pretty sure that that is the face for Maniac Cop three. Two. Two? Is it is it two or three? I thought three is when he got really deteriorated, but it might be two. I haven't seen two or three, so I, I was just guessing. It might be I think two. This poster's good. It's still, yeah, it's still. Chris, Chris does beautiful work, but uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I like this poster a lot. I like this one. Mm. That's uh, yeah, that that's the only knock on this really is. I think that that's the <laughs> make that's a makeup from a different film, but from a different Maniac Cop. It's definitely not the correct film, yeah. Right. right, but the one thing I did find in looking for posters online is there is a lot of mixing and matching that people have done over the years. Like, they have taken Maniac Cop posters and put Maniac Cop 2 and 3 logos over the top of them, and those, image, those images all get circulated mm-hmm. online, and it gets to a point where, like, I, I, spent, I spent way too much time looking for Maniac Cop posters because I had to dig in until I could actually find shots of vintage posters so i knew which artwork went with which logos you know it was because there was just people got people got a little crazy um and then this next piece is uh by rick (laughs) rick melton which uh, yeah i don't i don't don't he went for it that's for sure (laughs) my goodness okay he's just like i'm putting a hot chick at the bottom of this poster and that's that (laughs) right and like the shadow Bruce inside the chest of Maniac Cop. It's yeah, like, that's, it's, it's like a weird position. Amalgam of, yeah, I, I, I actually don't mind this one. It, it would be like on the cover of a, of a Pulp Fiction magazine or something. Or heavy I, metal. I like how, I like how uh, his own movie is playing in the theater on the left there. That's right. That's, that's right. <laughs> Love it. It's so meta. <laughs> Does that guy have an umbrella in the background because it's raining? Is that it's, is that... it's raining? Yeah, yeah. Gotta watch his hair. He's got it. All right. He's just astounded at what's going on in front of him and is oh, drawing the umbrella back. Aren't we all? Okay. Uh, and then next is a piece by Tristan Jones. Not bad. Yeah, it's pretty nicely handled, actually. Yeah, it's... I like it. It's a little dark. I wish it was a right. little more detailed. I agree with that. It'll blow out the backlighting a little bit to silhouette him. A little better yeah. so that you could see his you know his full form and, and ultimately and then finally a piece by our favorite artist unknown for good reason oh, that guy I, I i dug as deep as i could with this into into about nine different uh nine or 12 different pinterest boards and they all led back to the same dead link so i could not i could not mm. find the the original source of uh of this image so so it gets a, it gets an unknown until someone says, "Hey, I did that." <laughs> if they uh, ever, I if, wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't tell anyone. Oh, well, come on! I don't like this. <laughs> come on, they tried. Exactly, they did try. I will give them that. They did try. They they <laughs> they put the work in. They did. Well, John, thank you so much for joining us this evening. As always, thank you. I, uh, it's been fun, guys. I appreciate your. Uh, your, John's lying. A little bit of time. John's and, like and, this has not been fun. And and please, uh, <laughs> please apologize to your lovely wife for us uh, stealing away your evening. He's like, I came on this show and these guys trashed my movies for like. Two I know. And a half hour. <laughs> I'll tell you what: it, it, the ratio of how much I dislike the movie to how much I like the podcast is the greatest with this one. If that matters. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. 
that that well, meet I, I really enjoy it so thanks to Fesslian Studios for our intro music. Get your own uh, cool music at fesslianstudios.com. Please check out our website at cinementalpod.com for all the poster images we discuss on our Down the Tube segments. And don't forget to download and subscribe to Cinemental wherever you enjoy your podcasts. As always, you can listen to new episodes at cinementalpod.com. Also, you can follow us on all major, so- major social media accounts at cinementalpod. For Hassan Godwin, Latham Conger III, John J. Hill and myself, we say thank you so much for listening. And as always, in the words of our friend and fellow Triskaidekaphobiac, German Burbank. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Boing. That's the fear yeah. of the number 13. <laughs>